Get ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick, daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. Well, hello, Power Partners, and you bet we're starting right now. We are so glad you were with us. Welcome to Star Style, the radio's finest hour of power with positive book talk. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are the mother-daughter dynamic duo, also known as the Goddess Gals. And we are here to help you be upbeat and happy and have just a great experience this week. Well, the miracle moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the star of your own life. For more information on getting a private consultation, one over the Internet using Skype or the phone, call 925-377-7827. And this message is by Gandhi, and it is, My life is my message. I thought that was a great, short, positive (laughs) It's a good one, isn't it, Heather? Well, yeah, today's show is about, yeah, it's positive, and that's what we're about. We're life-changing talk radio, and so we hope that every time that we're on the air here that you go away with a couple of pearls of wisdom, and feel free to email us any topics that you would like Heather and I to cover, or if you have suggestions for authors or experts that you'd like to see on the show, you can email me directly, Cynthia, at CynthiaBryan.com. And, of course, if you want to email Heather, we'll get that right to her. So today's show is about sprucing up for spring in our first segment because Heather and I want to share some strategies for putting a little bit of bounce back into your house and into your life. And then in segment two, current LinkedIn customer service director and the former director at PayPal, April Kelly, will join us to talk about the companies that she has helped launch and her book, Gratitude at Work. And in segment three, we're going to travel to the Philippines with author Heidi Ramis. She's going to share two books. One is a book of poems, and the second is her autobiography, Islands of Dreams. So a great show today. You don't want to miss a second of it. Well, I guess as you can look out your window, you'll see that the flowers are blooming. I know I actually have roses on my on my rose bushes, and the, everything is so green. The birds are serenading me. But sometimes the house feels like it's still stuck with the winter blues. So spring cleaning is a tradition that allows us to freshen up our homes and get a head start on the hectic seasons that are going to be spring and summer because we want to do lots of entertaining. So what do you need to help you with your spring cleaning? You don't have to rebuild the house from top to bottom. But Heather and I have a combination of big and little things that you can accomplish in an hour, a day, or a weekend. And my first suggestion is to start your spring cleaning is to get rid of the clutter that is accumulated over winter 
and I would like to suggest focus on a small area at a time and just do it so you don't get overwhelmed, like one drawer. So, Heather, you take it away and tell us what some of your tips are. Exactly. Well, then it's interesting how we kind of have these seasonal things that we do all year long. One main thing of it being that this infamous spring cleaning. However, it doesn't have to seem like this forever huge big task if you always kind of keep your house in this tidy situation. Um, before we close out today, I'm going to talk about my 15-minute cleaning um, little daily things to keep your house in overall cleanness. But if you're going to take a weekend and really dig into the spring cleaning event, the truly the purging of the closets, which I have to say feels amazing in the sense of organization, um, first thing, one of those things that uh, a lot of times we seldom forget to do, and it actually can lead to other health uh, hazards in the house, is cleaning out your air ducts. Um, this can be a kind of a big take-on process for yourself, so a lot of time, uh, places that offer uh, carpet cleaning. That's another big thing, carpet doing once a year, um, the carpet cleaning. Uh, I know. I have that on my number one list. As soon as all the rain is gone, I am getting these carpets done. Yeah. So other they always that, look so much better. Exactly. And uh, so other thing with the, with the air ducts, because so much uh, dust and pollutants, just as when you, know, you clean the ceiling fans and you see all that, see how... Just, um, you know, on a daily, uh, each week when people dust, just those little bits, imagine an entire year of dust just con- con- growing within your air ducts. So get those. Uh, and, you know, up. before you go on, you just said about the ceiling fans, because so many people in states across the U.S., they have ceiling fans, as we do, and that is something that people neglect to do. So get out that ladder, get a damp cloth, and get the tops of those ceiling fans, because you'll be using them a lot in the summertime, and w- if you don't clean them now, you are just circulating the dust, going to cause more allergies and sneezing. Exactly. And then speaking again about the carpet cleaning, depending on, uh, I mean, nothing deep, a nice clean carpet, but actually when you do with the big companies and the steaming, the product, it can actually um, age your carpet in the fact that it's going to thin out the fibers. So doing that once a year, cleaning, um, just overall maintaining good, clean, and carpet health, you know, no shoes in the house. Um, you know, house booties, house socks, so that uh, cleaning up, you know, making things that the, the stain resistant. Um, but you have to and vacuuming regularly that helps. Exactly, exactly, and making sure, as I said, that um, knowing what kind of fibers you have in your carpet, so that you don't overclean them and actually um, make your carpet more um, more susceptible to um, to dirt because it has kind of like open pores. Another thing I've kind of stumbled across recently is the infamous junk drawer. I kind of began to think it's just an excuse for a messy drawer of the things like you don't really know where they're supposed to go, so you just shove it in there. I recently cleaned out my junk drawer and realized it's it's now a pretty nice, organized little drawer with things I only needed. There's, there was broken things and old crayons and pens and old homework. Go through this infamous junk drawer that everyone seems to have. Go through, see what you do and don't need. Um, it's simple as going to a hardware store. You can get like these little flat box uh tackle boxes or like a pencil organizer, put in that pencil organizer whatever was in that junk drawer, you know, the pens and keys and something so that it does have a sense of organization because people have this infamous junk drawer uh, because there's that stuff in there they need, but it's so messy, you, you don't even know you have the stuff. 
I'm really glad you brought the junk drawer up because everybody has one. And actually, that's one of the most gratifying cleaning, spring cleaning things. I actually try to do it a couple times a year. But I just did my drawer, too, where I and I had, you know, like ribbons because I'm always tying up potpourri and stuff. And everything's all organized and wiped out. And there's no dust. And like you said, all the little broken pieces and, you know, small pieces of chalk and erasers, they're all gone now. And now it's a functional drawer. And the great thing about that is you can do a junk drawer in depending on what you have in it, you know, in a short amount of time and under an hour. So it gives you a great feeling of accomplishment. So start small, maybe, and then you'll get bigger as the as the weeks go on. Exactly. And another big thing I love about spring is kind of reducing that closet clothes clutter. Um, for me, there's something I, I kind of been trying to have rules about stuff. Is it always how, why is it that you open your closet and it is busting at the seams with clothes, but yet you have nothing to wear. So I'm big about, of course, you know, in the spring, in the summer, you're not going to need those heavy winter jackets. But go through your clothes and really see what are the things um, you really don't wear. I mean, is, is there your old prom dress or something from years before, a size that would never fit you again? Um, or something that's old and stained and for some reason it keeps, you know, making its way back in the pile of clothes you keep. Um, I'm big of that I'll move stuff into another room, and if I haven't been looking for it or when I find it, if it isn't that same excitement of just boxing it up, um, a friend of mine recently had kind of like a girls' night where everyone kind of cleaned out their closets, brought stuff, everyone rummaged through each other's stuff, what they did and did not want, and then whatever was left over got donated to a, a Goodwill or, or some other um, similar store like that. What a great so, idea, Heather, though, to have, you know, kind of a, a girl's party or a guy's party, whatever, and to share what you don't want, because as we've always said, somebody's trash is somebody else's treasures, and, I mean, if you might be sick of wearing it, but a friend may think it's just the coolest. Exactly. I mean, isn't that always a thing of your friends always stealing your clothes or roommate. So it's that thing, too. Sometimes people have a hard time maybe letting go of something they like so much that they, you know, they can't ever find a situation to ever wear or it doesn't fit them. Well, now it can be passed off to a friend that if you wanted one day, you could even borrow it back. So that's a good thing, too. And then, again, it's just making so much more closet space for things and getting rid of things you just you just don't need. A big thing I got into this this spring as I'm divulging into my cleaning sessions is cleaning out your car. Um, obviously, everyone, we're always cleaning the exterior. It seems like the day you clean, you wash your car, it rains, and you feel like you did it in vain. But going through and really cleaning out the interior of your car, um, whether it's going to a place, a lot of a lot of towns, um, somewhere here in San Diego, they have a kind of self-car washes where you do it yourself, you're hooked up to a little machine, and they have those shot vacs in there. I highly recommend vacuuming out your car. You're going to find little pieces of pretzels and quarters and all the stuff that has <laughs> fallen on the ground. Oh, and save those quarters. That's a, that'll, that'll add up for those parking meters. Exactly. And then organizing. I know the center console can become its own junk drawer. Go through that center console, throw out those old coupons and, and napkins, Make it something that's organized in there that, you know, if you need to keep a pair of sunglasses and, you know, change and lip gloss, but just in necessities. And as well as your glove compartment, just make sure you have all proper documentation. I recommend keeping a file in your car of any recent, um, the past year's work that's been done to your car, um, whether that's going to a mechanic and they're asking any questions um, or, you know, for any other reason of keeping that in there. 
also recommend clean up that that uh, the trunk or your very rare back. A lot of times, you know, sweatshirts and all kinds of junk just end up back there. I recently cleaned all mine out. I made it so I just have a sweatshirt in there in case it gets cold, a couple uh, uh, towels and blankets, and then making an almost car emergency kit. Um, if you were to uh, break down in it, if you, from the old from the mailbox stations, sometimes you can get it like an old milk crate. Um, I recommend putting coolant in it, a bottle of water, a jump rope cables if you have it, um, just something like that so that if your car does get stranded that uh, you have some of those, usually the, the main things, a dead battery and uh, you haven't checked your gauges and now your car is out of coolant and you need water and, in it. And don't forget the flashlight batteries. So many people have a flashlight in their car but they don't check it or it gets turned on and the time that they need it, their flashlight is no longer good. And a fire extinguisher in case you should start uh, have a fire. <laughs> I don't have that in my car, but um, if people can get one, I'm sure that's good. You don't have um, a fire extinguisher or you don't have a flashlight? I don't think I have a fire extinguisher in my car. Do you have a fire Well, you can if you... I have a fire extinguisher, yes. I, and I have, a, I have what you do, you could just go to uh, most of the car stores or hardware store. They have these little small fire extinguishers, which would be enough if your car started on fire that you'd be able to put it out. You know, maybe it's redundant, but I, I like to be prepared for everything. <laughs> but I like this. I like this tip of knowing what is in your car and cleaning it out because it's so true. We, you know, it's like you look at your car and you have a have coupons in there from five years ago you know it's it is sort of crazy and i think that just really gets into the whole thing with cleaning for spring is knowing what you have a lot of times um you know we do these superficial cleanings that we you know shove stuff in a drawer shove stuff in a closet we forget about things um it's always just a bummer when you buy stuff and then you're you know for whatever reason going through a drawer going through a closet and finding oh my god i have four of whatever item i have four staplers or something so really having that sense of organization because it's going to actually save you money. The amount of time of just dedicating one lazy Sunday to being productive and cleaning this out, um, it's really going to help you save money so you're not rebuying things you may possibly have of things that are so good or are possibly not even. And, and also just getting rid of things. I know I, I went through some drawers and there was old papers and essays. That essence of letting go. Sometimes it's hard. We think we're going to need this paper or something. You're not. Just let go. And well, and, and I wanted to say something. We were just talking about fire extinguishers, so it made me think of something for the house. Is if during springtime or whatever time of year you want, but I think it's springtime's a good idea, is to check the batteries in your smoke alarms because you know that's something that unless it's something you never even think about unless you need it, and batteries do go dead. So it's a good time to check to make sure that they're working and keeps you safe from any kitchen fires or anything that may happen, you know, on hopefully unpredictably, but it'll keep you, uh, it'll keep you better. So go around and check any kind of appliances like that. What needs to be tuned up? What needs to be cleaned? The same with windows and window screens and blinds that you can go ahead and, and clean up. Go ahead. And one, and one thing I wanted to touch on, you know, is, um, there's always that sense of gratification once you get your house clean and then it's maintaining it. Um, a lot of times it's good for one day and then the next day it's like, oh, God, it's back to the same. It's just maintaining um, a 15-minute cleanup. So just kind of getting out there, um, main things are always um, 
just kind of keeping your eye is trash, things that don't belong in rooms, and things that belong in rooms but in different places. So once you've done this uber, totally clean, top to bottom, sparkling, your house is amazing. You want to eat food off the floor. It's keeping in that so that it still has quite a little bit of sparkle. So common, like, for example, um, kitchen cleanup. Uh, as you already know, under the sink, keep some little makeshift sprays and little towels. Another way of going green so you're not using tons of paper towels is have separate uh, rag towels, in essence. That dish towels, if you're, you know, washing off anything so they're only touching liquids that are associated with the dishes. And then have a rag towel, in essence, that is the one that uses, um, you know, these sprays and these chemicals of cleaning around the house that will touch on the ground. Um, that way you're not cross-contaminating yourself with any cleaning things. But Well, Heather, as normal, you are filled uh, with major ideas. And, of course, we're out of time. So we may just have to do some more tips on this because there's obviously lots that we can do. And we want everyone to have a sparkling spring. And Heather definitely is the person to help us with that. So would you give out the websites, Heather? Most definitely. We want you to go to BeTheStarYouAre.org, BeTheStarYouAre.com as well as com, both with a K. And speaking of cleaning, that spring cleaning of your car, uh, Be The Star You Are is actually having a car wash, soon, a charity car wash. So you will be uh, killing two birds with one stone of getting your car all nice and clean uh, for that spring goal of yours, as well as helping to keep this charity going. Oh, Heather, thank you. That was a, a great little plug. That's going to be May 14th, interestingly enough, at the Star Station. Come and meet all the teen volunteers and get your car clean. When we come back from break, you're going to meet April Kelly. She's going to share her journey of gratitude, launching and leading customer service departments at both PayPal and now LinkedIn, plus her book, Gratitude at Work. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. Stay with us. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be the Star You Are, a 501c3 top rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org. All donations are tax deductible. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star.
You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, thank you so much for staying tuned here to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where the world comes to talk and listen, and where we bring you the pioneers on the planet who are making a difference in the way that they live, work, or play. Our motivation is to motivate and inspire you and hopefully help you live a very fulfilled and happy life. Well, when people feel appreciated, they strive to work harder, to do better, and to achieve more. April Kelly has been living a life of gratitude by motivating her teams, and she has developed these both at PayPal and now at LinkedIn through a philosophy of paying it forward. April is the president of Gratitude Academy, LLC, And she is a leader at LinkedIn, the author of the book, Gratitude at Work. She is with us today. Welcome, April, to Star Style. There you are. (laughs) Thank you for having me on. I, you know, following a sparkling spring, boy, I I have a a big job, big shoes to fill, but I am just delighted to talk to you about gratitude. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Because you know what? We can all use a little bit more gratitude in our life. And before we talk about your book, Gratitude at Work, How to stay, Say Thank You, Give Kudos, and Get the Best from Those You Lead, I'd love you to give a little bit of background on how you saw that ad for X.com and how you went from household engineer to senior director of consumer of customer operations at LinkedIn. I just love your story and I think it is just so inspirational and you it's just impressive of what you have done and you and you're doing it through gratitude and appreciation. So give us a little bit to inspire all of our listeners. Oh thank you. Uh so it started in spring of 2000, and I had been a stay-at-home mom and a consultant, and I had uh, been selling items on the Internet, and unfortunately, right before the holiday season, my Internet site crashed, and um, of course, it's the best season to sell, and I found this little website called eBay, and I was able to liquidate a fair amount of inventory, at least enough to cover some of my expenses. And lo and behold, three months later, a company came to town in Omaha, Nebraska, where I'm located, and it was called X.com. And it was online payments. They were interviewing at a hotel. They wouldn't disclose the location of the office because they were still in negotiations. And I went and interviewed one week, and then I was doing the interviewing the following week. Now, the... (laughs) Semi-entertaining part of this is uh, I have family throughout the country, and, you know, you hear your daughter is interviewing in hotel rooms, and the name of the company is X.com. They (laughs) thought I was going to work for an adult site. So um, X.com didn't last for very long. We went to be PayPal because that was truly the service that everybody knew us as. And now PayPal is a formidable employer here in the Omaha metropolitan area, It is the hub for customer support worldwide, and I had the honor of helping develop a lot of the departments that are still uh, at work today. And 
one of the things I learned early on was if all else fails or if you don't have a big budget, appreciation, gratitude, acknowledgement will buy you a lot of loyalty and goodwill, and there's nothing stronger in forming a team. Uh, now, from PayPal to LinkedIn, uh, I can thank Mr. Reed Hoffman. He was one of the major investors of PayPal, and when he left and started LinkedIn, he came knocking in 2006 and said, how would you like to do it again? And I thought, well, sure, why not? And I had the, the honor of starting another call center here in Omaha for LinkedIn, and it's just been a wonderful journey, and I have been blessed with some very amazing teams. It's just a, it's such an incredible story, April, because the growth that you must have incurred in just this short amount of time, it's not very many years that they started. And, you know, both PayPal and LinkedIn are just mega, mega contributors to the online world. And everybody knows who they are. And what a great feeling to know you went from, from your home and from consulting where you were, you know, always practicing this whole gift of gratitude to actually being able to give it to the millions of professionals that you have to work with or your team works with on a daily basis. This is, this is just like a dream story. Uh, it, it is. And I think when you are in a service role, no matter what industry you're in, um, I had the wherewithal to know that I was in the middle of two really amazing opportunities where, to your point, the growth was staggering and I felt such an obligation to provide the best service possible for all of our users, knowing that we're all going through these huge growing pains and changes day after day. Service should be the backbone that carries the company forward and, and really builds that brand and that loyalty, which so many companies are relying on now. And it really starts with your front line and empowering your employees. And I used gratitude and appreciation to make that happen with both organizations. And let's talk about that because now you, you have written a book called Gratitude at Work, How to Say Thank You, Give Kudos, and Get the Best from Those You Lead. And one of the things that you mention in the book is that it's not about giving gifts. And, of course, it's not about expectations of getting anything back. It's, gift, it's really giving it for the no reason. Let's talk about what gratitude really is and what it isn't because it's not a bribe, and that's really the key. People have to be really doing this from the heart and tr truly out of appreciation. Oh, you're um, absolutely right. I think that you have to really check yourself for the motivation behind the message. And um, a lot of things that I did in the form of appreciation were not in items or things. And um, actually through the book, I'll give you a lot of little exercises that I use. So it's not I'm just telling you how I did it. It's things that you can put to use. But for instance, one night I was the last person in the office and I happened to be going through the day's statistics and I stayed a little bit later and I left everybody a voicemail acknowledging specific attributes of their day that I thought they did exceptionally well, knowing that the first thing they would do when they came in the next morning would be check voicemail. And it, it's 
we are living in a culture that is performing at just lightning fast pace and we have high expectations for people to perform and it is so important that when people meet or exceed those expectations that we acknowledge them and this was one of the easy but very impactful ways that I was able to do that and it and is it's a, such a simple it's such a simple thing and you know I I totally embrace your methodology and your focus behind it I mean being a charity be the star you are and we don't have money we would like to have lots of it but we don't and that is what we what we have to do with the volunteers is it's just being appreciative is how everyone keeps going because we get excited about the little things. And something you mentioned really resonated with me is I have a motto, failure is fertilizer. You know, you put it on the compost pile, you grow a new garden. I know you like to garden too. And so for me, it's like I don't believe in failure. So when any of the kids make a mistake or a volunteer, you know, screws up in some way and they're, oh, my gosh, they think that that they're going to be fired (laughs) as if you can fire a volunteer. Uh, You say in your book, you know, every failure brings you a step closer to success. And that is what I exactly mean is, is as long as we learn from our mistakes, they're not a mistake. You know, we can fix things as long as we are taking a lesson away. And that's part of the appreciation factor is that maybe by making that mistake, we'd le- we're just one step closer to learning something that's going to, you know, catapult us to the next step, to the next level. That's so true. I, owning your mistake is the first step to moving past it. And um, there's a lot of learning to be um, when you become humble, and it puts you in a different frame of mind, and especially when you're in a service capacity. If you make a mistake and you're actually honest with the person that you're working with, you would be surprised how forgiving they can be, and there's a lot to be learned and, and move forward. You know, fail first, or excuse me, fail fast and move on, and I love the Failure is fertilizer. I may have to borrow that, Cynthia. It's perfect, <laughs> especially this time of year. Yes, just credit me. Failure is fertilizer. I think I believe that's going to be a title of one of my upcoming books. Failure is fertilizer. I have just loved it forever. I mean, right now that it's spring, I'm out in the garden. I, I have a lot of abandoned animals that I, you know, that I uh, have uh, adopted, and so I pull the weeds. I give it to the animals. They eat it. They make manure. The more manure gets put back into the garden. Uh, if something dies, it goes in the compost pile, and so it's it's all failure that's turned into new success because I have the spectacular garden so i really think that we can bring that into the business world now tell us a little bit you are the president of gratitude academy april and this is where you like to help people cultivate this attitude of gratitude tell us what this uh what it is i know that you speak you know to universities and 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 chamber of commerce i mean you speak anywhere that people want to learn what you have to share and talk about either social networking or gratitude but tell Tell us about Gratitude Academy. Uh, it is a very broad range of services that I offer, but they're all central to gratitude. And in some cases, I am asked to work with certain individuals, and it may just be refining uh, delivery of messages, be it verbal, written. Uh, unfortunately, in the day and age of texting, uh, everything's got an acronym, and it doesn't always mean the same for everybody. So. I may work with groups. Um, I work with nonprofits, and you were talking about uh, expressing gratitude and really having that be your major tool in your toolbox. 
I will talk with these individuals. Uh, I've had the pleasure of working with doctors who, of all the people that you think of in the professional world, they have this wonderful gift of making others healthy, and and we seek them, and, and they see us when we're most vulnerable. And I think that they sometimes forget the humanness of what they're able to do. And I love what I see as an outcome when I talk to them about gratitude, and I can see how their delivery or their bedside manner might change. And the support staff, you know, how they support the doctors and nurses, um, they have to be each other's backup, and I can't think of a more stressful situation. So it could be in individuals. I do speaking engagements. Uh, I am still writing. Hopefully there will be a second book out here in the next 18 months or so. And I love coaching and working with teams. There's just nothing better. Well, and you know the uh, the book Gratitude at Work, it's not just a book about gratitude, I want to say. It is also a really terrific business book. I feel that it's, it is bringing humanity into the business world and working in a more ethical way. So for anyone who's listening, it's, it, it, this is not any kind of a woo-woo book. It's really nuts and bolts, and April has very succinctly added these little tips into most of the chapters, that are, and it's called Try This, and it's just different exercises and techniques that she has used or that you can use so that you can also add to your toolbox your, and to really increase your trade. Well, April, also, how is, what, tell us more about LinkedIn. You are a head honcho here in the service department at LinkedIn. And what is it now, 25 million people or something are, are oh, LinkedIn? Is it more? It's a lot more than that. Um, you were talking about the growth that I've seen. Uh, I started with the company in two, October of 2006, and I can remember one of my first days we were celebrating hitting 7 million users, and today we're well over 100 million. Oh, so, my gosh. I'm so far off. I don't know where yeah. I got 25 million. No, I was that's thinking, okay. We're wow. just going lightning fast, and it's a fabulous tool, and it really allows anybody, no matter their occupation, the freedom to make connections like you and I are making right now and right. being able to get your word out and meeting people that have similar interests that you do and they could be half a world away. And the impact that you can make as a, a nonprofit or a coach or a speaker, it's really phenomenal. And I truly rely on it to help me manage those professional relationships because when I'm in trouble or when I need something, they're the first group that I talk to. And what a better place to go than to LinkedIn. And what, how is the best way to, for someone to use LinkedIn? When do you want to post something every day? Just give us one little tip. I know we're running out of time, but give, give a tip on if, when people are on LinkedIn, what is the best way to use it in a professional basis with the people that are in your group? Uh, well, being a part of a group that is of high interest to you will help keep you engaged. Um, whether you want to be a part of a speaker's group or an alumni group for school, you mentioned the word group. That's a great way to stay engaged. But first and foremost, look at your profile and make sure it truly represents who you want to be on the Internet. It is your cheerleader when you're not around. So does it speak to people? If 
someone was looking for you, when they look it up, do they go, wow, or does it go, wow, this is, you know, a a lot of text and it looks like an online resume and I'm not going to read past three sentences. Really important that you refine what you look like on your profile because people are finding you and it really can make a big difference for you. Do people, do you want to keep it short? Do you want to keep it, you know, do you want to have all the different things you do want it? Do you want to have different profiles or just one profile? Uh, One profile. And for me, I like to keep it short with bullets. Uh, I'm finding that our attention span is getting shorter and shorter. And if I bulleted all of the things that I do, it would go on forever. So I really try to pick and choose the things that are important to me. And if people were searching, what are those keywords that also would be found? And do those match what I've got in my profile? And then um, make sure you've got all of your institutions where you've gone to school because a lot of alumni groups will be looking for you. And um, I like bullet points. I think they're more meaningful. And then your picture. Make sure it's professional, something you would love to have on a business card, and um, something attractive. It it doesn't take much. With digital cameras, you can take just about any kind of shot. So definitely put a picture on your profile. You're just that much more memorable. Oh, these are all just great tips. And uh, as we do, everything just goes by so fast. But I'm so glad that we found one another on LinkedIn. And April, uh, we want to give out your website. The name of her book is Gratitude at Work, How to Say Thank You, Give Kudos, and Get the Best from Those You Lead. April Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y. And she has your website, absolutelyapril.com and woohooprest.com. That's correct, and you can also find it on Amazon.com, and, um, but either one of my websites, you'll find me there as well. And we never even got to the, your other side, your pedals that you're doing, but check it out at absolutelyapril.com. She does these beautiful, beautiful artwork of flowers, which I just love. April, it is a delight to speak with you. I think this has been so much fun. And congratulations on just this wonderful career that you're having and, and for paying it forward. It's so important that we give back. And you are giving back and forward. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks, April. Absolutelyapril.com. And after the break, we're going to be talking with Heidi Ramos, author of a heartbreaking autobiography of growing up poor, abandoned, and abused with her book, Island of Dreams. And then we're going to learn more about her poetry, Secret Whispers. I'm Cynthia Bryan. We will be right back. Stay with us. you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take world talk radio on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market looking for unique one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life the carmony collection creates handmade handbags clutches candles and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics bangles and beads be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. 
Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Turn up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, thank you so much for staying here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, a positive message program brought to the airwaves under the species of Be the Star You Are charity, empowering women, families, and youth with upbeat, life-changing Talk radio since 1998. I am Cynthia Bryan. Well, when I read the name of the book, Island of Dreams, and looked at the beautiful, colorful cover of azure waters, palm trees, jumping fish in the thatched hut on the sand, my first thoughts were, oh, what a paradise. And although this island in the Philippines is exquisitely beautiful in nature, it wasn't so pleasant growing up for Heidi Ramos. She is with us to talk about her memoir of growing up on the island, and also to talk about her book of poetry, Chronicled in Secret Whispers, and talk about a a lady who is grateful for everything. This is Heidi Ramis. Welcome, Heidi, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Hi. uh, Thank you very much. Um, It's an honor uh, to be here in your show. Well, thank you, Heidi, for joining us. I want to first start with your book, Island of Dreams, because it took such courage for you to write down your story. And I know you have done it out of love for your children. And you're really a dedicated mother. But unfortunately, you didn't have a mother that was as dedicated to you as you are to your children, will you uh, tell us a little bit about what it was like for you growing up in the Philippines on this island and being abandoned at such a young age? Well, it was really harsh. Um, in the you know in the beginning, uh, we really don't know what was going on when she left us. We were just handed down to our grandparents, and. Um, and during that time, um, you know, she said that she was supposed to, uh, when she left us, she said that she was going to send money every month so that, you know, we can be fed and we can be taken care of. But, you know, there was something that happened, that, you know, it, you know, what she told them, you know, to um, to send some money to support us, it didn't happen. And and uh we it was really hard because uh my grandparents they were old and um 
we don't have no place to really stay, and we keep moving around, and um, we were just fending, literally, we were really fending for ourselves. And You were fending for yourself, Heidi, and you ha- also had an uncle who would repeatedly beat all of you for no reason at all, and it, it seems, at least from reading the book, that perhaps any money that your mother was sending, that he was using for gambling and for alcohol. Yes, he was. He, he that that was uh, what was happening. So um, so we really didn't have enough food, you know. So um, because uh, he's forcing himself to take the money from his parents because they're also old and frail. And also your grandmother, she had uh, very much of a sweet tooth, but she was also rather, she was, she was mean to you from my perspective. She was always telling you that you will never, you'll never marry, that you weren't good enough. But your grandfather, on the other hand, was kind to you and he taught you gardening and, and you really enjoyed being with your grandfather, but he didn't seem to be strong enough to stand up to his son who was so abusive. Or to his wife, who was mentally abusive to you. Well, he really couldn't because he's uh, he's a small frame. He's really like skinny, and um, my uh, grandma is a little bit more like taller than him. And my uncle is really like bigger. Ah. And, yes, and he was like I think he was ill, but he was he was not able to tell us, you know, what was his illness. Well, and many times during the book, you write, I'm, I was exhausted. I would look up at the sky and think, this is my end. Or, and sometimes, and then you would write, although my mind and body were constantly tormented, my heart was pure. So despite the hardships that you went through, you always had this feeling that there has to be something better. You seem to have a, a positive side to you. And what inspired you the most was the being by the sea. You loved to go out into the sea and swim and be with the dolphins and go and, and get the fish and the shellfish and walk along the sand. And I, 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 my heart went out to you. It sounded like you and your, your brothers and sisters, you wanted to swim away to another island and never come back. We have. We did swim away. And um, what, what we do is like we just swim island, you know, to island. We're, we're in, um, in the area in... Uh, in Mactan, uh, we tried to swim across an island just to to get away. And, uh, we, you know, sometimes we were just like, we don't even mind, you know, like a lot of people, they will say, uh, you know, how did you survive, you know, just swimming? And I, I said, we were just floating, you know, and we were just, you know, we didn't care if we will drown or, but we always make it, you know, on the shore. But, we, but what you just said, as you you said this in your book. We're talking with author Heidi Ramis, and the book is Island of Dreams, and we'll talk about her poetry book, Secret Whispers, in a minute here. But you did say this. You wrote this many times, that life was so difficult uh, living with your grandparents and this abusive uncle and very little food and just constant, constant torment that when you did swim island to island, you didn't care if you drowned. In fact, you said uh, you would have preferred to drown, but somehow you always made it because you were meant to live. You were meant to live. I think that's, you know, God was watching over you. Yes, yes. Uh, I always have that faith when we were growing up. We were really raised, you know, like we, we were going to church 
even without our grandparents in our neighborhood, we have like a, an area where people, they ask people to come for Bible study. And as children, you know, small children, we, I just take all my, um, my brothers and sisters and cousins to attend the Bible study. And this is the place where you felt most at home, is when you were in church or where you were at Bible study. It's the place that you felt accepted. And then finally, your older sister came and rescued you and your other sister and brothers one day they by stealing you away on a ship and taking you away. Yeah, that, that, that was the scariest moment, uh, you know, when we did that because... Uh, we were really uh, afraid what our uncles was going to do to us. Well, they th- he threatened to kill you if he could find you, right? Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, one of the relatives said that if they ever found us, they would have killed us when we were trying to, you know, to flee. And when your mother finally did come back, what I found the most heartbreaking is she came back with uh, an American husband who was in the military, and she, even though she came back, she she did not want to claim you as her children. She made you call her auntie. She didn't want, uh, she didn't want other people to know you were her children because now there were nine children, right? With between yes. her other, uh, ten children. Yes, it, that yeah, had but there's nine of us. Nine of you. Okay, that must have been just that is was so terrible to have your own mother not want to be called mother or mom or anything. It, it was co- really, it, it was, because we were like, uh, we were not being acknowledged as her children. So we really feel like we were stripped of our own identity. And we kept, um, you know, like asking, and then who are we? You know, who who is our mother? And uh, she just said that, well, I am your mom, but, you know, and then she'll tell us that, you know, you're actually my dead sister's kid. So we we really, we got confused, you know, when we were, like, growing up. And, and you never did, or have you found out who your father is? Because she, you never even mm-hmm. knew who your father was, right? No, uh, she will never tell us. She, she said won't. That. She will tell us when, maybe when she's, you know, like, ready to, you know, like, there's something that she's hiding from us. And so none of the children, none of your brothers and sisters know who the father, who their father is? No, not, none of us. But, you know, her kids uh, from her, um, you know. Her other husband. Uh, yeah, they know, they know who he is. But us Filipino, we don't know who our fathers. Right. And that had to be hard because you said that your, the stepfather, the children or your stepbrothers and sisters, they were all blonde. And then, of course, you were darker skinned. and. Yeah. You felt that maybe that's why she was embarrassed for you, which yeah, is just well, very um, sad. Yeah, because uh, I think uh, she wanted to be her position to be elevated because um, most of her friends were like, you know, like elite, you know, in the Philippines. And um, um, I, I think she was trying to hide, you know, where, it's, where she's really coming from and she is embarrassed by that. So, and I think the the way she's trying to hide it is trying to tell people a story, but, you know, people are just got really, you know, they start, you know, getting confused of, you know, our story because we're telling them different story all the time. Right. Well, has she ever read your book? Do you know? No, um, you know, uh, she, 
I tried to, you know, I, I'm going to send her a copy. I was supposed to send her a copy, and I told her about it. And the book is called Islands of Dreams, and the author is Heidi Ramos. And the real reason that Heidi wrote this book was really, you really wanted to get down your story and to inspire your children never to give up on each other, to always be close together and to love each other. And you wanted to let them know how much you loved them. This yes, is this, this this book is a love story to your children. Yes, because I wanted them to um you know be able to um to learn from you know you know from my uh childhood about growing how I grew up without you know parents because I I tried to give them everything I could as a, you know, like single mom, and I make an example why I stick with my children. If I have to choose, I have to choose my children. And and this is what you did do, because you uh, had two marriages to people that you probably should not have been married to. And um, and when it came to choosing, you chose the children. Yes, I, I, I have. I, I fought for them. You fought for them, which was very important. Yes. Well, I and and I also just wanted to bring out is Heidi is not a native English speaker. You grow up speaking a Filipino. I, what is the actual language called? Uh, well, it's Tagalog. It is it's Tagalog. So that's what you actually started. Well, that's what you were speaking, right? So, yes. Yes. so this is so you had to learn English. Yes, I, I had to learn English, and I I went to college uh, in California. Uh, Chula Vista, California, and um, over time, I, you know, just every day, I've just learned how to, you know, like, converse to people, and I, I don't know, it's just, I, (laughs) naturally, I just wrote everything what I know, and what, you know, what happened to my childhood. And and you did a beautiful job uh, of it. It's really it's a very heartbreaking book, and uh, and at the same time, I feel that it it has a light at the end of the tunnel because again of the courage you had to write down these horrible things that happened, and also the courage you had to choose your children over more abandonment and more abuse because you wanted to break the cycle, yeah. and. And that, to me, shows, that really shows that we can break the cycle. It may take a while, but it's never too late to have a happy childhood. And so now, as you get older and your children are growing up, you can have your children around you and be the mother to them that you always wanted to have for yourself. Yes. And also, now, your your book, um, Secret Whispers, which is a, a book of poems. Now, you say that you wrote this for your lovers. Tell us a little bit about this. Well, um, you know, like, um, like uh, with my f- first husband, you know, um, you know, there was just a lot of, um, you know, lying, going on. And, um, but, I, you know, I'm, when, when I wrote those stories, it, it did not really occur until, you know, after I, you know, divorced my second husband. Um, and uh, it, it's uh, actually inspired by each event that occur in my life, and um, and I, it just come to me, and I just write it 
how I yeah, feel so, about that time. So what you did in writing the book of poems, it's, it is what, you're feel, what you were feeling at the time and that you were able just to put these feelings in words. And that's such a really great thing to be able to, uh, to express ourselves in stories as you did with Island of Dreams and also just in free-flowing poetry just to write down. And it's something I encourage people to do is to journal. Well, I know you're still working on your website, but let's give it out, Heidi, so that as your website develops more, people can uh, go to it. They can get the book. They can read your story. You have quite a bit up at the website right now so they can learn about you. And that website is hramos.webs.com. Is that correct? Yes. H. Ramos, and that's spelled H is like horse, then R-A-M-O-S dot webs dot com. And I, I really encourage you to go to the website, take a peek, and you can find out all about this really very interesting a life and a very sad life, but I I commend you, Heidi, for coming forth and writing this book. Congratulations for getting it out there. It, it was it's a lot of work, isn't it? Yes, it, it has, uh, and it takes a lot of um, you know, like um, day by day. You know, you had to you know like revise your work, edit, and then um, and then just trying to get all your wording, you know. It, it, it was just a, a lot, it, it's a lot. A lot but I, I, you know, made it. And you did it. Well, again, the names of the book are Island of Dreams by Heidi Ramos and Secret Whispers. Heidi, thank you so much for being on the show. We're out of time. I'm so sorry. Uh, I will be, I'll be writing some book reviews on these, so we'll be able to check those out as well. So thank you, Heidi, for joining us here on Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank you for having me. Uh, my pleasure, and thank you all for being great listeners. Thanks to my engineer, Justin, and the support team at World Talk Voice America. And, of course, to my co-host, Heather Brittany. For more information about the charity, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. Uh, getting coaching, go to CynthiaBryan.com. And until we celebrate next week, happy spring. I'm Cynthia Bryan from Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to shine and be the star you are. We'll talk next week. The star you are, be the star you are, you are the star, be the star you are, Thank you for being part of our star galaxy on today's episode of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We hope you've enjoyed the commentary and are motivated to dream big, overcome obstacles, and realize your potential. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. Join our power party next week right here on World Talk Radio as Cynthia Bryan, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers of the planet pump up the energy with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until then, be the star you are. You are.